And welcome into the Empire Dynasty League podcast. Saturday, November 19th. I'm your host, Ben, joined by a fresh-looking Christopher Keane. How are you? Yeah, very fresh. Thanks, Ben. It's nice to join you again on a lovely Jeff Saturday. Speaking Ooh. of, the Colts are back hot. How you going, mate? Oh, that is very good by you. We, uh, I wouldn't say we're back, but we've got a leader of men taking charge, and that's always a good thing. A bit like our host here, who's drinking a coffee out of the smallest little cup I've ever seen. It's all about proportions, mate. Makes me look massive. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but it's uh, how good were the bets last week? It's shaped this season, and it's already playing out very nicely for the Sunny Weaver Juniors. The Demon, he's coming. Yeah, there's uh, there's been a lot that went down in the form of the bets, but uh, we'll we we got to celebrate, don't we, Keeney? That uh, I don't even know if I've got a celebration song at the moment just to go with it, other than calling the gang. But I don't want to use that because uh, we're saving Save that it. for a very special occasion that might never ever ever come again. Yeah. But another celebration week, to Sorry, one I was of our... another week. Uh, hod that was the <sighs> problem with the calling the gang, was it? Oh, he's taken a bit of offence to that last week. <laughs> he didn't like your percentages. One. We we might get to that. Uh, ben and I were oh. talking off air that maybe a little bit unlucky to not be playing that song this week. True, yeah. very true. But we're talking about the uh, the bets that you outlined last week, Keeney, and the old DFF under seven and a half wins. Well, it was a tight uh, tussle that bet, but it took until week ten to get there. So. <laughs> Pretty comfortable. We now just sit back for the last uh, four or five games and, and just sip on the old Henschkes. How do you feel about it? Uh, very good. Uh, look, as we said, he has had a bit of uh, bad luck, the DFF. But, uh, yeah, over seven and a half wins. A little optimistic, but we'll see how he goes. I'm, I'm team DFF the whole way through now just to cause a bit of mayhem on the way, on the road through to the playoffs. But, uh He's, he's building, bro, and he's he's hopefully building for uh, a, a solid year next year. And who knows what the over-under will be. He's a very optimistic man. I like it. I reckon he's going to steer cl- well and truly clear of betting on his team after how this year's unfolded. No. Yep. Cool. I'm glad you guys agree. <laughs> so, with, uh, with that uh, unanimous oh. decision <laughs> on my comment, let's move on to the oh. news. Every newsman in this city is laughing at us. And I don't like it. I remember when we started, uh, Jake, his feedback was he hated the fucking, the dead air time. But it actually, I love it. I don't want to ever edit that out. There's, nah. there's nothing wrong with awkward silence, but we, we've just got a few things going on for yeah. this episode, it's fair to say. And we're trying to do a live recording and texting. Yeah. yeah. There's a bit going on. Well, speaking of, little... I reckon you've hit the uh, on... I reckon you've hit the record button on the chat thing here, Hod, because word for word, it's just typing away. Oh. I don't know what the hell's going on. Maybe I did it. I don't know. Anyway, um, let's start off with, Keeney, you've got some cash-related news when it comes to the EDL. Well, I do. And congratulations to the San Diego Demons, number one ticket holder for the podcast. First person to listen, I reckon. Maybe Jim gives him a bit of a run for his money, but he's top scored last week, ladies and gents, as you would all know. And first, uh, first cash in the league. It's been a long time coming for the, for the demons. It's quite surprising to think that he's never, never cashed anything. In fact, Manny was the one that informed him that you'd 
top score gets 20 bucks. He had no idea that that was the case. So um, good to see. There's only one team that uh, has yet to register a cash in the league through three years. We'll let the uh, we'll let the listeners try and work that one out. But uh, he is building. Um, it's not. It's not hard, other... is it? No, well, Hod's, Hod's no, cash. Hod's first year was pretty solid. But okay. um, the other um, the other piece of news, Hod, going off the back of the bets from last week is the Sunny Weaver Junior Division is coming. And not only are they coming for Jake, but I reckon you've got a couple of throws at the stumps here. I reckon Jim's back on the winner's list. Camo's coming with a rush. We'll get to it in a sec. I reckon you've got both of them potential playoff teams. Who knows? Well, are we surprised, boys? It's the best division in world sport. We put the heat on last week with the bets, and look what happens. We deliver two wins. Jim, probably lucky. We'll get to that a little bit later. Not not the best score going around, but Camo, he's just Ooh. taken it in his stride and put out a big 144. Is that his, it has to be one of his better scores for the year, and he was just saving it for this uh, pointy end, that's for sure. Yeah, no, his his best score for the year was a, a one fifty burger, but he came up against the snoz who who sniffed the end zone twice. <laughs> as we know, and uh and that was that. So anyway, good on you, Camo. Well done. There's no correlation as well that he's uh he went quiet for a period of time there and he's now up and about and involved in every uh poll that we send out and every bit of messaging correspondence he's the first to respond. But you can't tell me that there's not some sort of divine intervention going on. We talk about Camo needing to lift for the bet that you've got Hod, and he rips out the top score in the league, first time ever. Mate, I'm you telling go. you, there's something going on here. There's yeah. something in the air. We're, we're, we are a very tight-knit unit, I'm telling you. It's a fierce rivalry, but there's healthy competition, and we're getting the best out of each other. Yep. We uh, on the pod tend to talk things into existence, and Keeney, last week you mentioned that Camo, he, uh, he must be getting antsy with the lack of trades that he's been doing and lo and behold a trade goes through between yourself and him so I wonder if maybe you initiated that discussion I don't know uh I'd have to uh you know just use my inferring skills there but it saw Keenan Allen JK Dobbins and Manny's 23 second round pick going to yourself and Kamo walks away with Mixon Jacoby Myers my 2023 third and Manny's 24 third as well so Talk us through how this all uh, went about. Yeah, no, he was, um, his digits were drying up and we know that they're normally pretty slippery. So he was he was keen to get something done. Um, I did I did go to Camo. Look, I've been a big J.K. Dobbins fan for a while. Um, so I've, I've attempted to get him off Camo's roster for a, a few times and he's, he's sort of... Uh, Holding on to him, hoping, holding out hope. But I think it, we're getting to the point of the year where he's hard to rely on this year. Um, so it's, there's a lot of unknowns there. So to go in with into the playoffs, hopefully for him, with uh, with Mixon and then a, another depth piece in Myers for two blokes that have basically been injured all year. Um, that's sort of where his head was at. So anyway, hot. An attempt to get him off. I'm intrigued by that. Now, this man is Leisure Suit Larry. I don't think he needs any help in that area. Those slippery digits are usually pretty busy, whether they're on the trade calc or whatever else he's doing. Well, speaking of from experience there, Hod, for you, because you at last week you were getting Dallas Goddard off um, or you were just finishing <laughs> yeah. Dallas Goddard off, I think, which yeah, Papa really did enjoy. <laughs> which Very is true. Uh, what, what are your boys' thoughts on this trade? From, from my point of view, I'll quickly run through my thinking. Um, 
obviously get the downgrade in age with Mixon to Dobbins. Bit of a risk with with Dobbins' health and the fact that he we haven't just seen we haven't seen much of him at all. Um, bit of an upgrade in a pick, and then and then Allen for Myers, I think, is a bit of a wash given the age. What I enjoyed when I listened back to this in hindsight, knowing you did this trade, was listening to you spiel on about the Baltimore running backs. Because when I hear a trade, when I see your trades, I go, where has he tried to spin the league in another direction? And last week on this pod, he was going, yeah, you never know who they're going to have at running back. It can be the Gus Bus, it can be Justice Hill. I mean, justice, please. As if he's getting a go. And then, lo and behold, he... Nabs J.K. Dobbins. He obviously thinks he's the leader of the pack and might play a nice little role in your playoff push. I just I enjoyed that listening back. I also uh, think that actions speak louder than words. And as much as you're, uh, you know, justifying what the sides of the trade is, there's no coincidence that you happen to flip Mixon the week after he scores a 50-burger, uh, which tells me that... You've probably been trying to move off him for a little bit and this was the perfect time to strike. You've got a plethora of running backs there and uh, he was clearly the weakest link, but you, I'm sure, will not confirm or deny that, but that's just from the outside looking in. And Keenan Allen for a contender is a great uh, great pickup there because he's got high upside. He's injured at the moment. He hasn't done an awful lot this year, but has potentially a very good run home if he can get healthy. Can I just talk I'm I hope I'm not talking out of turn here Keeney but this I'm all about improving the standards of everyone in this league and did you have an ulterior motive with this trade you were talking about it off air and I think this is this is the depth that we need to go to and how far down the line you need to think about when we're going with trades are you happy to share this uh a part of me, a part, a part of me doesn't want to if it's right. What this a tickled is, his fancy here. This is nah, this just, is two weeks in a row where you two are bringing off air on air. This is yeah. Juicy. I had to get him back. Yeah. Had to get him back. That was deplorable. Yeah. A part of me doesn't He's want mum. to because I apologize. A part of me doesn't want to because it it probably won't happen if I if I mention it. But <laughs> the moles. I'll, I'll mention it anyway. My heart, part of me thought if Camo can win this division, maybe just maybe. Jim looks at his team and goes, you know what? I haven't made playoffs again. Maybe I should blow it up. And as <laughs> the holder advantage? of the 2024 <laughs> Jim City Stallions first round pick, I'm all for that, Jim, if you want to do that. Now, he has traded Cooper Cup this week. Well, it started. Off the, back of, off the back of it. So maybe it started. Who knows? The Avalanche may, the avalanche may be coming. But, avalanche. Uh, look, avalanche. I think, <laughs> avalanche. It's how they say it in South Australia. But I, I, think, I think Jim has shown proven i'll just swing this past on the other side now i think jim's shown that uh he's been willing to trade first round picks to make sure he gets some established players in the door and make sure he's competitive year on year i don't think that 2023 first will be lasting long gents well and we, maybe we his know 2026 how... first won't be lasting too long either we know how this is going to play out hod next week we're going to be sitting here talking about the trades and it's going to be one christopher Kane getting jim's 2023 first <laughs> off him this is ridiculous, yeah. mate. I just, I just thought that was outstanding by you to be thinking that far into a trade, and it will be funny to see if, if you've just mods yourself now. But thank you for sharing, and you've been pretty busy. I mean, you also came to myself, and you know, I, I rate you in the trade department. Um, talk us through where where you came to this little thing because it was a pretty quick transaction. Uh, yeah, so 
you got my 23, 2023 first, which is Jake's. Um, we'll see where that ends up, uh, what it ends up becoming. Um, and you gave me Isaiah Spiller and a 24 first, which is uh, Thais's. So all in all, pretty pretty simple uh, calculations here for mine. I looked at your team and thought, well, I think another 23 first would be beneficial for your team to rebuild quicker. Um, I've already got a 24 first. So I don't mind sort of going into that year, given I think I can compete this year and next year. Um, and Isaiah Spiller for me is good good backup for Eckler, who it looks to me like they've they've basically told us that he's the number two now. So if Eckler went down, Sony Michelle's still there, but I think he's the he's the next one in line. So a little bit of reassurance going into the playoffs. Absolutely, it was um, it was a very easy transaction. I know we say it a lot with trades, but I really do think this is the definition of a trade working for both teams. Uh, I obviously rate this draft class coming up and any draft that has quarterback talent is going to push skill down. So I like coming up a year um, and yeah, it, it just works. You know, I, I really do think Isaiah Spiller, he has now become the RB2 and that's what you expect in a rookie for the second half of the year. So great insurance, but I also think he could be a very valuable asset next year, which stopped me from pulling the trigger straight away because I believe they can get out from Eckler with a 1.5 mil dead cap next year if they wanted to. I don't think they will, but they can. Just quickly as well on this, Keeney, about a month ago you did a bunch of pick swaps with Scoot that got you this 23 first. Was this part of the thinking that you could use a 23 first as more leverage to build this year and then your plan was always to sort of kick it down the road to a 24 first? Uh, probably wasn't always my plan, but it's just the first rounders, they just um, they, they give you a lot of flexibility in trades like that. So the, probably the benefit for me in kicking it down a year is you still got a first rounder to, to sell or to trade. Or this time next year, whatever. you can do the same sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah. And, and to grab some insurance on top. Clearly, the, this class looks to be a better class than next year and you're getting it earlier. So that's the downside. But... Um, at the end of the day, I may not use that 24 first, so I might just trade it again. So for, for me, it doesn't mean anything. And what, what I did uh, forget is there is a big variable at play here, and I know we might differ on where mm. Matt finishes next year. So I think adding Cup in, the plethora of firsts he has next year, whether he chooses to go with trading those or bringing in a bunch of talent like Manny did, and we've seen how quickly that can help, I believe Matt will be right up there next year, whereas you might have not not um, definitive thoughts on it, yeah. but more open to where he could finish, which is yeah. a bit lower. Well, the funny thing was, I reckon I sent this to you before Matt got cup, and then like the next day he traded cup in. Um, that didn't really bother me too much, but you're right. I, for mine, I think he's got a fair bit of variance next year in terms of where he could finish. I don't. I think there's every chance he finishes in the playoffs, um, but I'll still back myself in to win the division. So... If that's the case, then his chances of um, having a, a top, top pick may be less. So anyway, we'll see how it goes. I think there is some um, thought behind that as well, that ultimately any future first that is more than just one year ahead, you're kind of now trading Jake's first. You have a range in mind at this point in the season. You kind of know where roughly that pick is going to land. There's a bit of a range there that's somewhat realistic and we'll talk about sort of mm. the 23 first in the next trade as well. 
similar sort of thing. But for a 24 or a 25 first, there's so much variability. You don't know what's going to happen to Matt's team. You don't know where his roster is going to be at. So there is a little bit where it could, you know, realistically you think it's going to be a late pick, but it has every potential to be a higher pick than what you anticipated too. So there's just way more variability. Well, you're spot on there. And I did, it's very hard to do the projections for the rest of the year, but I now have a double vested interest in Jake stinking it up <laughs> for the rest of the year. And he there is, still is a very small possibility that that is a lottery pick, but it is very small. I'd expect it to be more the 8 to 12 range most likely, but good fun yeah. nonetheless. All right, and we've alluded to this next one uh, already a couple of times, and that was Jim and Matty Mack pulling the trigger on a trade here. Jim receives Curtis Samuel, Paris Campbell. They just come back. Back to the uh, come back to the stallions, if you will, back to the stable uh, for so it was, sorry, Curtis Samuel Paris Campbell, my twenty three first and two twenty three fourths. Um, we're gonna just uh, I'm or I'll just I'll just keep going while you're um doing what you're doing. But well, so Thais obviously we've, we alluded to it. He receives Cooper Cup. He also got a twenty twenty four third rounder back. Um, speaking of Rangers, hot. I was, I was speaking to you about this off air. I think the reason Big balls, Betty Parker. Had... Hey, sorry to uh, you can yeah, see why off. I was struggling before because we've we've dialed in old Thais Balls McMahon. Hey, you're live on the pod, buddy. How you doing? Hey, good. How are you, boys? We're very good. Hey. Now we're just in the process, and when you listen back to this, you'll you'll see how disorganised I was because I started talking about the trade whilst trying to call you and. It's just fucking all over the shop. But we're just recapping what Jim got in the trade uh, and Keeney's just recapped to the listeners what you got in the trade. So we want you live on the air to talk us through. Uh, actually, first of all, just what are you up to? I'm uh, out doing the lawn instead of whip a snipper. It's <laughs> not a chance. Have not you a had chance. a smoothie? Is that a euphemism? You just uh, trim in the old poops? Oh, yeah. The weed whacker. There you go. The old bushwhacker. <laughs> have you uh, have you had a smoothie today, mate? I've not had a smoothie. I didn't drink last night. From cherry rice, up and about. Is, is today your three hundred calorie, uh, eight hundred calorie day, or what's what's the diet look like today, please? <laughs> no, nah, I did it on Thursday, so I can eat what I want today. Gonna plenty of beer and plenty of wine later. Might watch some horsies. Now, Thais. I know we're all about taking the piss out of each other, but you live in a high-rise in the Docklands. What lawn can you possibly be mowing? <laughs> My lawn. My crotch lawn. Oh, Jesus. Trim the hedges. Oh, all right. Got, got, Getting excited. Got more piers than hung. Hey, um, can, you, can you just quickly on air tell us what went down with this trade, who approached who, what the thinking was? Was there any back and forth? Give us the inside. Sure thing. Uh, so I approached Jim, and it was the same morning deal. Uh, usually, I'm one to sleep on it, as you know. Um, yeah, on I your morning glory. That was funny. <laughs> I was, uh, yeah, the benefits of not having a morning glory. I was buried in sleeper. What was? The, now I was having was, a look in. What was the precipitation that day? Just uh, give us, give us some more details. It was quite low. Okay. It was uh, one of my non-calorie days, so I was fidgeting. Yeah, three digits. Yeah, no up and going banana for me on Thursday. Yep. 
Fair enough. Okay. So it was mm. a Thursday. Let, That's good. Let yep. the man digress. How did it come about, Thais? <laughs> right. So obviously I saw Cooper Cup was out for a month, maybe longer. I think given the way the Rams season's going, I probably thought he was out for a year. And then looking at my lineup, and I know I've got a lot of picks and stuff, but I thought it'd be nice to get. Now uh, there's not too many of those wide receivers that are like legitimate alphas. Like I kind of see a lot of a big wide receiver two tier, I guess. So I thought, oh, I know Jim loves to trade. I thought that he's definitely all in for this year. So if Cup wasn't going to come back, or he might potentially miss the playoffs as a result, I thought be a win-win here where I give him a bit of draft cap and, and some receivers that have probably gone up in value since the start of the year. And um, since you got him I off could get him. Cooper Cup. Yeah. Yeah. Come full circle, hasn't it? I think Scoot was quick on that one in, in Sleeper. But yeah, it's a bit of healthy back and forth with Jim. I was finding pretty good to deal with. Um, yeah, so it kind of happened within an hour. There was a few counters and whatever else. But it was kind of over smaller pieces in the end. So yeah, I was pretty happy, and I think Jim's pretty happy as well. He's uh, a red hot crack to make it this year, and it's probably his best chance, as he would admit. But he gets a bit of draft capital back, so he can choose how he wants to use that in the off season. We know he'll probably trade it, but that's his for now. Well, this might be a naive question, but I think if Cooper Cup wasn't injured, I don't think Jim does the deal. But would you do the Agreed. deal if Cooper Cup wasn't injured? Oh, I think um, given he's injured for the year, I think his value probably went down. So, in other words, if I tried to do that same deal, Jim would A, definitely not move off it, but B, if he did, he'd probably want more than what he got back. So, that was kind of what got me to reach out to him in the first instance. So, I just figured, you know, what I've seen good wide receivers go for in the past, may have had to give up more than that. So, I think... Mm. Bit of desperation from his end, but by the same token, he gets you know it's a twenty nine year old receiver coming off a you know ankle surgery, and he's not going to help him this year. But I think they're going to shut him down. Why would they bring him back if they're you know three and ten or three and eleven? <clears throat> what I um what I think you've done, Thais, is I'm going to liken this to the economy and and one of those lovely government incentive packages because we now see Jim. With a first, and it's going to promote a very, very healthy <laughs> stimulation throughout the league. And there's going to be a trade. It's not a matter of if, it's when. That is a hot commodity now, and I think you've done the league a great service. Yes, yeah, so well, I think you're all playing for second because there's a man we like to call Leisure Suit Larry, who uh, A, loves trading, but B, loves the 2023 draft. And C is a Sunny Weaver member, so he's definitely going to uh, be front of the queue, I think. So if anyone wants it, I'd probably go and grab it now because I think Camo might have it by the end of the weekend, especially once his pod goes to air. <laughs> Absolutely. And we are talking, Thais, just before, you're obviously not privy to it, but just the, the ranges of picks at this point of year, at this time of the year, sorry. Um, and I think what you've done here is makes a bit of sense in terms of you've got Six, well, you had six first-rounders, which we knew. This one's Ben's. Now, as you know, Ben's a dollar one to be the, the one seed. And Stop as a result... Stop fucking talking about that, you dick. Well, look, reality <laughs> is you need one more win in the next four weeks and you're going to be the one seed. So, in all honesty, the reality is this pick can be no lower than pick 10. Did that come into your thinking a fair bit? 
Yeah, it absolutely did. I think it's funny you should mention that, and Jim will tell you the same, but um, I reached out to him initially with Jim's own pick. Uh, so it was, you know, think it was think about it. If you make it, you make it. Happy days, and you've still got your pick. But if you miss, it's a top six pick, and who knows what could happen. But he, the sense I got was he was more interested in getting wide receivers. So it's like we were talking about Paris Campbell initially, but then he wanted Campbell and Samuel. And I was like, well, shit, that leaves him with nothing. And then I said, oh, listen, you're going to make the playoffs anyway after this trade because it probably looks like I'm on the outer now. Um, so why don't we just make a Ben pick? And I'll give them both to you. And he was like, yeah, okay. So that's kind of how that panned out. Fair enough. Very interesting. It just, it just reaffirms that Jim is chips in, trying to make the playoffs this year. He didn't want to just lose cup for a pick. That's not what he's here here for. So interesting though that yeah. that that wasn't a that wasn't sort of um, part of the deal where Jim takes his own pick back. And if he thinks he's not going to make it, or if he yeah. thinks he will, he could trade it again later for something else. It's almost uh, like that outcome is just yeah. not even in his mind of a possibility. I love it. Well, I think, like, if he doesn't make it, sure, he's got a top six pick, but what's he looking at, say, next year? So I think he probably just thought, for the sake of three or four picks at the back end of the first, um, go now and we'll see what happens. Because I think, you know, outside of Ben, I don't think anyone's looking very consistent or or very dangerous. I mean, everyone's kind of got their flaws. So I think with a couple more receivers there, he's just going to throw them all out and, and hope for some kind of hurt magic. Well, uh, my my couple of takeaways here. The first one I'll I'll share with you, Thais, is that Keeney's thoughts he shared with me after this trade was Matt moving one of his precious firsts for a thirty-year-old wide receiver was not on my bingo card, which I thought was a pretty telling. Uh, you've you've been an unpredictable player, I would, I would say, all year, and just when we thought we'd had you figured out, you go and flip a first for someone on IR. So it it was definitely a uh, an interesting trade to digest when it went through. Um, this is my other one that I just like, and I'll get everyone's thoughts on this. Essentially, I just look at this. When you look at, what the fuck are you doing, mate? Can you, can, what are you doing, Thais? That noise is, are you breathing into a aluminum can? What are you, you there? No, I'm standing outside on my fucking half mode lawn. Okay. While it's, Spitting down like I told Brody before. It's spitting. And it's windy. Okay, the windy. wind. It's the wind. Yeah. Uh, well, we'll quickly get through this so we don't damage the listener's ears. Um, <laughs> when when you, I love doing this where you look at trades on top of trades on top of trades and what you started with and what you ended with. I'm just looking. Jim has essentially traded fields for uh, Curtis Samuel and Corey Davis and a fourth. There's a few little pick swaps and things in there, but that's kind of what it comes down to, which just uh, what do we feel about that? Uh, Jim's almost like the man that started with the house and ended up with the paperclip instead of the <laughs> other way around. In <laughs> yeah. Benjamin Button. <laughs> what I mean, yeah, I've been a, I'm in a garage now, boys. Uh, <laughs> benefit of hindsight, I think, you know, Jim makes trades that are now probably doesn't worry too much about the later. And I think the way he's played Dynasty shows that, whereas I always like to have one eye into the future. So I'm also, I'm generally one for trying to make a trade to make a profit later. I'm not too concerned about the now. So it makes us kind of logical trade partners. Um, 
Very good. Yeah, I like it. I, I did just check. I was hoping that one of Samuel or Campbell had their buy on week 12 when he plays Camo, but they don't. They've Ooh. both got a buy week 14, which is interesting. So they haven't had their buy yet, those ah. two receivers. Um, he does play the DFF in week 14, so he may need to, to, to have a win that week. So let's hope that uh, he's got enough backup. That's yeah. got uh, That's got the Colts and the Jags from last year all over it, I think, that one. Jim just needs to win and he's in and the DFF runs him over and calls him Ashton. <laughs> now, before we let you go, Thais, I think most of the league know you pretty well and I'm really excited to see how well you've mown your neighbour's lawn because there's every chance you've wheeled, wheeled your DIY out of the garage and strolled into the wrong nature strip. So send us a photo, mate. Give us an update. Uh, we'd really appreciate we'll it. We'll put it on the Instagram. We haven't put a post up there in probably like two years. So yeah, that can be the first one. I'll, I haven't done the backyard yet, so I'll give you a before and an after. And, um, yeah, if there's any Don Burks in the league, feel free <laughs> to give me your two cents. Actually, I mean, purely from a gardening standpoint. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't think his reputation's the greatest one to be comparing yourself to. <laughs> so he's going to send He's going to send oh. us a dick pic and now he's referencing Tom Burke. <laughs> I was going to say, my he's, Lord he's, saying he's, he's, he's saying he's going to do the back garden, but he's just come from the bathroom. <laughs> hey, I've got a cordless? question for you boys. Go. Hey? Is it a cordless? I've got a, got a few you attachments. <laughs> What's your question? Josh, my question for you boys is, out of everyone in the league, who do you think would be Don Burke outside of the garden. <laughs> oh, oh, I don't know if we want to be going down this conversation. I, think, I, don't I really this. think there's Hanson only one, Stone. and he uses a guillotine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's fair. Enough said. All right, thanks for I jumping. I wouldn't let him near my children. Thanks for jumping on the pod, Thais, and uh, enjoy the mowing of the lawn. No worries, boys. We're going to mow my lawn afterwards. So uh, I'll send you a before and after of that one as well. All right. Beautiful. <laughs> On you, Jim. <laughs> See you, mate. <laughs> See you, mate. See you, boys. Mate. Yeah. All right. Well, Holy uh, shit, we've got a lot to get through. <laughs> we're at 30 minutes and we're still on the news, so we clearly didn't listen to Scoot's <laughs> advice from no, good. a couple of weeks back. But, uh, yeah, no, Thanks, this so is good. good. I think for anyone listening now, this is what we're going to start doing, just randomly calling you up so you better be on your toes when we're recording a pod because you might just find yourself on air. What we didn't get is his love song dedication, but we'll work on that for the next That's guest, true. maybe. Uh, all right, so really, really quickly, let's injuries we touched on Cooper Cup. Uh, he's on IR ankle, four to six weeks, but the way that the Rams are going, they might just put him on ice for the rest of the season. Juju cop that big hit in concussion protocol. It's looking like one to two weeks. Your mate, Keeney, Devontae Adams, he's got an abdomen. Um, just a sore little tummy, and he's uh, questionable. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm hoping that that sore tummy just keeps him out for this week would be nice. And, Me, uh, and then Yeah, a bit of Me, Cole style. And then your mate, Hod, old Jerry Judy, looked like he did a fucking Achilles at the time, but uh, it's yeah. now just sort of an ankle and looks like it could be week to week. Isn't this a bizarre one? It, it Everyone was calling for an Achilles, but then Denver came out very quickly and ruled that that was not a concern, even though everyone assumed so, and now it's a lower ankle and he's day-to-day. It's a very bizarre one. I'm, I'm thinking that it's it has to be one of the posterior ligaments, 
but given that it's low, you always want to avoid that higher ankle sprain. So we'll see what happens. But he hasn't exactly been lighting the world on fire anyway no, with Danger he? Russ. He's a wide receiver five or something, four or five around that range. So it's not like he has uh, had the uptick that you thought he might have with Wilson at QB. And speaking of uh, Mecole, he's on IR now, isn't he? Old he is. Mecole. So no Mecole, no Juju. Nice little week for Kadarius, Tony, for Papa, I think. So I know Papa... Loves listening to the pod and getting a shout out for either Fields or Tony. So there's there's your there little you shout out, mate. It's a Two nice players. Week. Oh, get that win, mate. Oh, he's actually he's playing Camo, so maybe not. Ooh, Who knows? We're all yeah. we're on Team Camo here on this podcast. We love him. Yeah. Until playoffs hit, and then uh, yeah, and then he can him. fuck right off. Uh, all right, few key <laughs> names returning here. We got Stafford coming out of protocol here. We got the Mandrews coming out. These are some big names for some big games coming out. Uh, he's coming on out. Uh, Zeke, he's back, so just more headaches for Jake there of what uh, running back to start from Dallas. Chargers wide receiver duo Keenan Allen and uh, Mike Williams there coming out. And Kyler Murray, Habby, is he definitely back? Is he still questionable? I think he's uh, questionable at best. Mm. So he may be, he may be missing. And the, the super flex skill position god will have to go to work again, Hod. He doesn't have to go to work. He can put anyone he likes in there, but we'll get to that later. Ah, uh, the cards better off without Kyler. I'm not shy ooh, about ooh, my, Patrick Ewing theory. My, uh, I'm not shy about my disdain for Kyler Murray. It's usually around character and leadership. Uh, we know he's a fantasy darling, but they did roll the Rams. And but the interesting thing is, I think Colt McCoy is also on the injury report now. So. Mm-hmm. Whether that plays into them rushing Kyler back, we'll see what happens. But I love Cliff Kingsbury. He's the day-to-day specialist. He had James Connor day-to-day for three weeks before he returned. And now he's also considered Kyler day-to-day. So he might be another few weeks away. Cliff Kingsbury's job is day-to-day for mine. So we'll we'll see how that goes. But yeah, I pump the brakes on Colt McCoy, I reckon. He was up against uh, Johnny Walford and the Rams. So I don't know if they were at their full strength. But still, to... You know, should be a good defense, and he, he got the job done. So it's an interesting little crystal ball. Hot. I don't know where you're going with it. Just quickly, no, Cooper Cup, I uh, um, we spoke about it. Really good insight from Thais there on the trade. Um, I'm, I'm sort of with him. I, I think they could definitely shut him down for the year. Like I just, they're three and seven. I yeah, think what, they're no good. What have they got to play um, Stafford, I think Stafford could be in a similar boat in so, terms of he's had this elbow all year. He's just had concussion. Yep. Why? Why are they playing? What do they gain out of? Yeah. What, I know they don't have their first rounder, but like if he's their QB for the next two or three years, this year's gone. Yep. Um. So he's one to watch for mine. As I don't think, and he's been shit all year. Well, I was going to so ask I don't know if he's any certainty. I was going to ask you: Is uh, rolling Walford out last week? Is that the most uncomfortable start you've ever had to make in Dynasty? Yeah, it's a shocker. Um, and we'll get to my game against Jake. It was another piece of luck that I got. I got a fucking garbage time touchdown from Johnny Walford, um, which man. saved the day. But um, he put him up to, I think he got a nine, which is pretty much what Stafford gets every week. So it made me feel right <laughs> at home. <laughs> uh, net, net. All right. Well, we'll uh, finish off the news with the much anticipated buys. And that is the uh, unnecessary drop again for this week. And we, this week sees the week 11 buys. The Jacksonville Jaguars, the Miami Dolphins, the Seattle Seahawks, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, or pretty much all of Manny's team by the looks of yeah. those things. What's he got out what? here? He's got Christian Kirk missing. He's got 
Tyreek missing. Oh, He's got Geno missing. That's eh, some big name players for That's him. Almost the B team against Jim. Again. A, well, is there a national holiday in Florida or something? It's all three teams oh, yeah. on the bye in the one week. They just booked their high. holidays at the same time, do they? Must be Ultra Music Festival or something. <laughs> the boys are busy. Hod, the Sunny Weaver Junior Division could take advantage here. Yeah, really we, could. We did that. All right. Well, uh, that was the news stretched out for you, Scoot, for 36 minutes. Let's move on to the reviews. Let's move forward amicably. First of all, you're throwing too many big words at me. Okay, now, because I don't understand them, I'm going to take them as disrespect. Watch your mouth. All right, let's kick off with the Lions, 130, defeating the Punishers, 112 here. Um, it's probably a pretty good showing by Pappas' team. They've been a bit under in scoring, so the top 100, obviously Fields is just leading the charge there. He didn't let down again. This is his scoring in the last month, 23, 26, 42, 39. That is QB5, QB5, QB1, QB1. The This guy is just going through the roof. And Papa, talk about uh, being erect 24-7. That is all he is when he just looks at Justin Fields. It's about all he's got to look at for his team. Um, Kadarius Tony's probably the only other one right now. But, yeah, what are we thinking about where Papa's list is at? Oh, I just think it's, you look always in hindsight with trades, but that was a brilliant one for him. He's now got a building block for this up-and-coming squad. Um, probably along with Tony. This will be the interesting one this week now with uh, Juju and Mecole. That's two lesser, two less bodies he needs to worry about, and Tony can really showcase what he's been telling everyone, it's fair to say, um, including the Giants. Uh, there's a nice little development you made me aware of, Ben. But... Um, yeah, he's in the perfect opportunity now because it's only going to be him, MVS, and uh, Sky Moore. So perfect opportunity, and Papa probably really happy he kept a hold of Tony when people probably came to him. Yep. Uh, it's a good week for the Punishers as he's top scorer of the year, so um, he's done well there, 112. Um, and I don't think we need to talk any more about him. Just well, probably... just before we do, the good thing is, you know, hindsight of trades that uh, he would have been loving starting Alec Pierce for a zero while uh, Saquon just rolled out a 22.5. So works both ways, I suppose, for hindsight there. But no, he made the right deal and he got very angry when I when we brought up the Barkley trade last time. So well done, Papa. He did well. Uh, I think he I think he he's summed up his situation really well, Papa, and he's he's. Made made those actions and it, they're paying off at the moment. And maybe this is the way I think. And you probably should never do this, but imagine what he could get for Fields right now. Mm. Yeah, and he, he probably shouldn't do it because he's a young running QB. That's a, as you said, a building block for for dynasty for potentially eight to ten years. But holy shit, you could turn your team around pretty quickly. Mm. Absolutely. Absolutely. <clears throat> and I think the other one that we. Um, haven't spoken much, and I know we want to move off Papa's team, is Daniel Jones. He he took the gamble on him. He's had a different coach every year of his rookie contract. He didn't get his fifth-year option picked up. It didn't look great for him, but he's sitting QB 16. He's had some pretty solid weeks. Um, yeah, he's been sort of in and out of QB 1, QB 2 territory. Will he be there next year, Ben? I think at this point he will. The way that the Giants' record is shaping up, they're not going to be in a position where they can draft a replacement QB unless they do some trading in the draft. Um, yeah, and he sort of has led fourth quarter comebacks and, and looked decent. So, yeah, I don't see why he wouldn't be. Now, don't get 
take this the wrong way because I'm not saying he is, but I do liken this under Dable. If we go back to Josh Allen, he had him for a few years. He wasn't the best in the year one and two and then took that massive jump. I just think the longer that he works with Dable and has that steady presence, I think Daniel Jones could really turn into something. And I think you're right. Your season now is um, not pigeonholed you, um, but it would have been interesting if you were down the bottom again, yeah. whether you would have gone to one of these quarterbacks coming through. But I think Daniel Jones has been just fine. I um, think that... Surely was the thinking by the Giants that if we had have been bad and we had locked him in for the fifth season, then it would have been an awkward situation. This just gave us both options that we could uh, franchise tag him, we could sign him up again, or we just let him go and we draft a replacement. So it gave them more flexibility. Yeah. And before we move on to the game of the week last week, uh, it's very noble of you, Ben. We've talked all about Papa in your game, but that's probably a reflection of where you're sitting. You're just getting the job done week in, week out. 130, that's probably what your floor, let's be honest. And Mahomes and Kelsey just continues to be an amazing weekly floor for your team. Well, I will just give a quick shout to your crystal balls. And look at this love fest going on here on the pod. But you did Papa mention last this. week that uh, Mostert and Wilson are both, they could be playable in the same weeks. And I really should have because they ripped out a 21 and... 16, so both looking all right there. And uh, just before we move on as well, so Ben, with that win, 10 in a row, ties the EDL record hey, for most yes, wins in does. a row. Thanks for bringing that also, up. Also set by Timos uh, in our first year between weeks four and 13. So I believe uh, it's um, yourself and Tim also, that you, not, you're the two that hold that 10 win Consecutive nah, record? I got to nine, so Timos was holding it at 10, oh, okay. and now you've joined him. So, so I've tied, and guess what? I'll, I'll throw this one in. I went back. There's one team I have not defeated in mm. uh, the Empire League, and that is because you and I didn't play each other in the first uh, season when your team was at its weakest, and we played once last year, and you beat me. So I'm yet to defeat you, so that's uh, that's going to be fun. Yeah. It's going to be a fun preview at the end and of this pod. And the other the other thing is that week you had the second highest score of the of the the week that week. Awesome! Can't wait, can't wait for how this week's going to unfold. But let's move on to uh, what was the game of the round last week, and that was mainly because of all the implications that went either way from either team winning, and that was the Grouse one hundred and forty three defeating the legal team one hundred and thirty four. Another stiff uh, loss there for Jake. Um, yeah, maybe Keeney, why don't you sort of kick it off with some of your thoughts on it? Um, I think, yeah, it was a, as we, we touched on last week, we, we talked about Najee Harris a fair bit. Um, and we probably more so, we talked about Tony Pollard with Zeke not playing. He, he, we were mentioning how Pollard wasn't in his lineup and we, we sort of all agreed that he's, he's a must start if he's starting because he's just looked so good. Um, hindsight's easy, but Najee gets a, a lot of work. No doubt he had 23 carries or something. But um, Pollard, again, looked really good, um, <clears throat> scored, and um, and probably was the difference. If he plays Pollard, he wins this. So a bit unlucky with a few other things that happened. I think Juju concussed, Ertz did his knee. Um, so look, to be honest, he should have won. Um, but uh, that's sort of the way it goes. Sometimes you get lucky with, with start sits and, and injuries and stuff like that. But from my point of view, the best thing from my point of view was that the Colts started using Jonathan Taylor the way I'd like them to use Jonathan Taylor, which was nice. No Naeem Hines. He was on the field for 90% of the plays. Um, hopefully that's a sign of things to come. Not only 90% of the plays, 100% of the passing plays. 
that's mm. the big one for JT. He's he's shown he can do it last year. He had games where he'd have 10 receptions, uh, and I think it's looking like they're going to go back to that. But how's the injuries been this year? Like he, It was talked about he had a high ankle sprain and it'd be four weeks. He has the extra week off, and he comes back into a super load. Papa will love that one. And, um, yeah, just dominated. Dominated. So makes it you wonder about Frank Reich because Saturday comes in for one week and clearly looks at it and goes, why are we not starting our better QB of the two? Why are we not just starting our best player for 100% of the plays Like, and you get a win? So it is a weird situation what was going on before that. Yeah, we won't go back into that, but I I think, I don't know. It's very odd with, I don't think Reich wanted to play um, Allinger at all. I think it was all part of this process that they wanted wanted to change so it's yeah. it's all doesn't make any sense but we'll uh we'll move forward <clears throat> because because before i suppose before seeing what happened last week he was another one i was concerned that they just shut jt down well why, why would you bring him back like if you're not going to make playoffs you're going to play ellinger um that was a real concern but now you've sort of got a bit of life um in that division or in, mm. the, in the wild card race so um I suppose that that changing of the guard at head coach, as you said, Ben, he brings in Ryan, he goes back to the ground game, play defense. That's sort of, and he's as a center, he's always probably been a running type of coach, um, yeah. or that that mentality. So um, that was the the most intriguing thing. Hod, you had something um, that I liked about both our teams with the comparison between Najee Harrison and Cole Pitts with our two teams. I liked it. Do you want to expand on that? Yeah, I, I likened it to what you called the mental health decision. It's you, you've invested a lot in these players; they should be performing at the top of their positions, and it's kind of like you succumb to play them because if you don't and they go off, you're uh, not going to be in the best uh, state mentally. So, it's um, yeah, it, it's uh, but the point for you though, I think with Jake, he has options, so that's even more of a headache that he can play a Pollard over Najee, whereas you don't have too much behind Pitts, so it's just easier to roll him out and hope for the best. But, yeah, both very disappointing players this year. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we'll move on to the next game of uh, the Stallions. Just getting back on the uh, the winning sheet here. 113, didn't do it convincingly, but got it done, defeating the straight cash homies who have been scoring very well, but just ripped out a 99 this week. Uh, probably the biggest takeaway here is that Tim's superflex strikes again. He has once again not rolled out two QBs because Kyler was injured. Just drops a player in superflex, and of course they score a touchdown. He's got an uncanny ability of just putting a player, a non-QB, in at superflex, and they always score a touchdown. Now this is not like a player who scores touchdowns every week. This was Brian Robinson's second touchdown of the year. So, um, that is just—it's amazing that he can do this, but didn't get the job done, unfortunately. What I did think about before, Keeney, is uh, your hardest start of the year, Johnny Wolford. Uh, if they did shut Stafford down, Tim needs a quarterback. Now, if you, where I'm going with this is any player on Tim's roster, you can put in that super flex with confidence. It doesn't matter who it is. It's true. You can go down the list, just find any dart throw. If you get that player in, start him. That super flex is gold. For the cash homies, it's he's, a he's a masterstroke. He is, and I suppose the the interesting thing with his team, the reason why he was without a QB in that position was the Kyler Murray injury. We've spoken about it. He could be out another week. Bit of a headache for him. Then Dallas got it, gets injured in the Philly game on on Monday night. Mm-hmm. So 
We know he does have some tight end depth, Hod. He's very deep in the tight end area or department. Uh, but his team's starting to get a little unhealthy, a few bye weeks this week as well. So he's a he's an interesting player in the fifth, sixth seed mix at the moment and in the fourth seed mix. Um, he's got a high range of outcomes still, I think, the straight cash homies. Yep. I think I think for you two, you just better hope that I don't finish off any of your players because they won't last the game. <laughs> we did, yeah. You did put the old reverse crystal balls into finishing. Dallas got it off. Makes perfect reverse sense. Grip. Makes perfect sense why you have Deshaun on your roster. Um, Julio Jones was a nice little bright spot for Timos. He's obviously been a bit of a mixed bag ever since he got him in, but had five targets, three catches, and a touchdown. Um, yeah, it's probably the best game he's had in a very long time. But for the Stallions, uh, we did mention that his best player got injured pretty early. It didn't look good, and sure enough, that uh, ankle injury there, he's gone for surgery, so he's had to pivot a little bit. But uh, he had some good returns from some players that got him over the line. Aaron Jones looked good. Tyler Higby looked good. Old uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones, he's been looking not too bad lately, so it would be interesting yes. to see if he... Uh, continues that when Watson starts taking snaps there. Before we move on to the next game, boys, um, Ben, you brought this up. And the, the, the two teams played each other, the Gym City Stallions and the straight cash homies. Now, you looked at sort of their wins and you thought, okay, well, they're both six and four. And then you looked at their points four and thought, shit, they're, they're two points apart. Are these two teams basically the same? Jim does have a first rounder next year and Tim doesn't. Mm. So, how do you how do you sort of sum up these two teams going forward? They're practically the same team when you do look at it on paper. And who would have thought that at the start of the year that these two teams would be the same? Two points separate them, same wins. Um, Jim's just still making adjustments though, so it looks like he's trying to work his way out of the deficits on his team. Whereas Timos hasn't made a move yet; he's got some gaps showing up. But the thing that is the most telling is probably where Jim is uh, quite a bit ahead of Tim here. There's only one letter that separates them in name, so there's not much that separates their team. But the max points for uh, Jim's about 150 points better than him. So that's uh, if Jim just had set a better lineup, he'd be looking much stronger than Tim Moss's team. So we'll, we'll see if that's how the rest of the season pans out for these two uh, as they go side by side up to week 11. Is this a sequel to another Tiny Genius Minds pairing? Could be. We, we need a name for it. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, we'll come up with that. But in the meantime, we'll, uh, we'll move on to the bloke that Jim is go. surely just looking over his shoulder. He's currently just ahead of him in the Sunny Weaver Junior Division, but he is breathing right down his neck, and that is the San Diego Demons scoring 144. Top score of the round is... First time he's cashed in the money and he took down the reigning champs prestige worldwide with a 94 there. So just a monster 50-point win when he really needed a win. We, we highlighted where both these teams are at. They've both pulled out a win. Uh, I'd say that Camo's was a more convincing one. Now, I can sense there is a changing of the guard here. You boys are jumping on board this division. I can see the excitement. We brought up Camo. He is coming, boys. This is going to be one of the biggest finishes you've seen since, well, I don't know, I'll leave that up to you. But what what, what I will do is talk about 
James Connor. This is a bit like the um, Jonathan Taylor thing. Coming back from injury, not sure how much of work he'll get. But then the cards release Eno or Ego, boys. <laughs> now, so this is a massive vote of confidence Stalker. for James Connor. <laughs> I may have heard that on a, another I was pod. Say, is that worse than the one I came up with, Keeney? Yeah. Um, Eno more job, Jimin. <laughs> But it is. It's. Uh, I mean, l- l- let me just rattle through. Like, Herbert is underperforming. Wait till he shows up again with his two boys back this week. James Connor firing. Jake- Josh Jacobs up there. AJ Brown had a down week. He's just got talent everywhere. so. I'm excited. And Tua. Tua is the one that Camo, it's probably the best thing he's ever done. And we'd never say that by saying he didn't trade him. But I know he was looking around. And he's held on to him, and he is looking like a surefire starter for this year, and I'm sure for the Dolphins for many years to come. But it's this is this is going to be a big, exciting finish. Watch the Demons. What about next week, too, boys? The, the Stallions and the Demons. It is. It's for all the chips. It's for all the, the playoff chips. I reckon it's a it's a huge matchup. And just before we finish off on this game, Camo was actually real quick on the slippery digit text line to me. <laughs> After this one, just just reminding me that he's never lost to the Prestige Worldwide. Bit of a bunny sort of situation here. Three and zero. He's confident. Just, just, he's he's got his swagger back, boys. I like it. Now, what? Oh, didn't he go away recently? Did you boys yes. say that? Yeah, he, he went to holiday? he went to WA. Yep. Or oh, he's he's picked up he, something I in think WA. He, I, I, I wonder if he's gone to Rottnest Island with the Quokkas. Oh, he's done something because he's come back with an absolute swagger and I love it. But, he may uh, have needed another Quokka sesh just to get him going. And now he's full of beans again. Well, speaking of Quokkas, Manny just keeps rolling with a 142.64. His scoring is unreal this year. He's, he's right up there with you two. And um, he's defeated the DFF, who it's a quite a respectable DFF score of 103.36. But um, what do we think about this one, boys? He, he's just rolling out these, oh, I mean, superstars at wide receiver. Justin Jefferson, th- another 30. That was one of the best catches you'll ever see. He is, is he, is he the number one receiver? I think in Dynasty, I think he probably has to be, doesn't he? Yeah, I, I mean. He probably has to be. But even just skill set, forget about Dynasty. Is he the best? Yeah, I think he'd he'd make a case. Um, it's him and Chase, I suppose, are battling it out. Um, but yeah, you probably think or Tyreek, <laughs> or Tyreek. Yeah, Tyreek. Well, I, I missed who you so. were talking about, but you surely were uh, talking about with this matchup of the haircuts and the DFF. You were surely talking about the most informed player, and that is Cole Komet, who happens to join us on the line. Cole Komet, how are you, mate? Scored more touchdowns than you boys have had hot dinners. <laughs> <laughs> what an intro. Speaking of dinners, where are you, DFF? I'm actually uh, currently walking around the Dandenong market looking for a couple of the cheapest bottles of Hensky money can buy. <laughs> <laughs> you would. Yeah, you would. You've yeah, never been to a Dandenong in your yeah, life. I'm, 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 cu- I'm about to transact a couple of bottles of Grapper and relabel them. <laughs> <laughs> The oh, DFF strikes again. Yeah, you'd be oh. lucky to get grapper down there. It's probably acid. You'll have to relabel the bottle. <laughs> now, uh, 
DFF, we got you on right at the time where we were reviewing your matchup against the haircuts, but there's not a lot to talk about here. So let's ask you some more pressing questions. Like when you go out for a shop, uh, how many reusable bags do you take with you in anticipation of, uh, of your shop? Uh, I think we got about four here. Four okay. of the, uh, the environmentally friendly ones is two, Ben. We're environmentally friendly at the factory. Are you uh, <laughs> got to be got to be sort of operator? Would you go to Aldi? Ah, uh, nah, a bit, uh, bit of Aldi, a bit of Woolies. Okay, bit of Aldi yeah. or Woolies. All right, interesting. Um, what about the? Do you go down the the cleaning section where the mops are? And, and always yourself up a fresh mop for the factory. <laughs> always and forever. Love, love, love fresh mop. Now, <laughs> thanks for that. Now, um, I'm sure I'm sure you can turn in any which direction down there at the Dandy Market, and you can probably find a stand of moccasins. Give us your favourite <laughs> colour moccasin that you'd probably land. Moccasin. Oh, I'm not. Oh, I don't come across as, as a moccasin wearing guy, do I, Hoddy? Yeah, very much so. While you're mopping. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, ladies and gentlemen, I didn't realise Kawhi Leonard had joined us. <laughs> uh, actually walking past the fish section and it smells. Oh, Jesus. Camo's team. Um, all right, just give us some of your thoughts on where your team's at. Obviously, you lost the Henschke bet with uh, myself and Keith. Oh, You're three and bit seven. Disappointing that, bit disappointing, that. Well, it all went downhill when I... Uh, I lost Trey Lance in week two, I think it was. Yeah. Or was it week one? Week one. Week one, I lost Trey Lance in the first... Uh, oh, no, sorry, you're right. Week two. Week two. Uh, whatever it was. But, yeah, that's uh, when my season kind of derailed. Um, if I actually played Jimmy Garoppolo that game or took put Jimmy Garoppolo's points on my uh, on my score, I would have beat, I would have beat Camo, so... Yep. You know, yeah. I've also lost. Uh, I've also lost Tim Patrick to start the year. I've lost Bruce Hall, who was who was flying. So, oh. yeah, the injury the injury bugs bit me this year, but I'll be uh, I'll be back up and running next year. You have been unlucky, and we've mentioned it a few times. It's very stiff luck. I do like that you put Tim Patrick's injury ahead of Bruce Hall as your downfall. <laughs> that was a very interesting choice. <laughs> I didn't yeah. say it was ahead of him. I just named him. Now, there, there is a silver lining. We're not going to sugarcoat this. You have been awfully unlucky with injury this year, and especially at the running back position because we have to include Brees Hall. That's huge. But DeAndre Swift, he's he was one of the top dynasty running backs to start the season. He's been unlucky with injury and then a weird usage on return. Um, but the big one is Clyde. This is a massive downgrade now. He played four snaps last week and looks to have lost that role. And also... Another bright spot you had was Cam Akers. So this position has been uh, turned on its head for you. But what I, what I, that was my sympathy part, and that's the last I give you. Damien Harris, silver, too. Damien Harris, also. The silver lining, yeah. though, DFF, is you Yo. are one to make a bet, and your mathematics or Pythagoras is <laughs> you usually double your wins for the next year. So if you don't win many more, Six looks within reach next year. Would you double down on your henchkeys? Oh, I think I would. Um, you know, if Brees can come back healthy, I'll get a healthy Trey Lance. 
Jimmy Garoppolo, I think, will be a starting quarterback somewhere. I don't think he'll be in San Francisco, but I think he will somewhere. Um, so I've got some good depth there. Yeah, I've got a first-round pick this year, so I'll uh, look to take the best available just to bolster me up, and I think I'll uh, yeah, get that six, seven, eight wins next year. So your first-round pick is Keeney's, um, which is looking like it could be 10th at best. How does that, or ninth at best? Um, what sort of talent do you think you could be picking up or type of player you could be picking up at ninth? I'm actually had a look at a few of the mock drafts and there looks to be some uh, some good quarterbacks there, some good running backs. Uh, oh, wide receiver, I'll just I'll have to assess it. I haven't, I haven't uh, dwelled into it enough, but... I think I'll be taking best available at the pick. Last time I did that, it turned it into Jalen Waddle. So, you know, need to have a pick in the top six to have a gun. It's true. He's had a very good season. Um, Yeah, and he's looking fantastic. Uh, I'm also looking at your taxi squad, uh, which has some great names like Danny Gray. Did you you notice Danny Gray's uh, status just changed from questionable to healthy? (laughs) What a day at the factory. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I, I, had, I had that notification on speed dial. <laughs> Can't wait for... Uh, actually, Grant Calcaterra could step up with the Goddard injury. So there you go. Bit of a silver lining yeah. for you. I, I think, I think uh, Grant will uh, get a few looks this week, but we've also got a few other tight ends. So Stroll looks to be uh, one that Philly will be throwing the ball to too. Well, look, we could sit here all day and talk about the fifth, sixth, and seventh string tight ends at the uh, Eagles, but we're going to have to uh, push on with the pod because we've just hit the hour mark. But thanks for uh, jumping on during your dandy market shop, and hopefully you can pick oh, up some quality wines for us, mate. No worries, mate. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll uh, pay my bet up because I actually did lose this one. I didn't lose the one to Ashton. You will have a bottle of Henschke Monday night at dinner to take home. Beautiful. Can't wait, mate. Thanks for jumping on. Take care. See you, boys. See you, DFF. See you, mate. All right. Well, there Uh, you go. Just two dialings. Never short of of, um, some words, the DFF. And I'm with you, Ben. I like the Tim Patrick inclusion in his hard luck stories. (laughs) He's had about 10, and Tim Patrick never registered in my mind. I forgot he was even on his roster. That's uh, yeah. Anyway, we'll uh, we'll finish with the last little wrap up here, and that was the execute. This was a barnstormer hod, just well, the two sub hundred scoring sort of game here, and that's the barnstorming execution is eighty three, defeating the humdingers fifty six. Uh, what's the biggest letdown? Do you reckon here, hod? The biggest letdown is myself, boys, because. We've missed a huge opportunity. Keeney touched on it a little earlier, but we should have been playing the cool and the gang because I ne- I'm not used to having bench options, boys, but my max score was 124. I would have shattered in if I had played Westbrook or Keane and the other one slips my mind, but I left 40 points on the bench and I only needed, what is it, 17? Yep. Or so. Jesus. 27. But, yeah, it's... uh. The other it's, one was Darius Slay all day. Oh, that's right, Slayton. But um, yeah, it's a lot left to be desired for the week. But uh, another thing that's uh, left to be desired is you talked about it earlier, Jerry Judy, that ankle injury. Um, I think I think that you said wide receiver five. I think that's obviously factoring in. He's missed some games, but yeah. 
Um, yeah, it's not going as well as we would have thought with Russ, but I don't think any of the um, skill positions are in Denver this year. So um, what I what I will have to do, boys, though, I'm, I'm very sorry. I'm going to leave you guys in your capable hands, but um, I've lost track of time here because I'm going to have to sign off and I'll do a mini sign off because the reason I have to go is I have to have a lunch. So <laughs> I'll, I'll leave you boys to it. Over now. All right. Well, there you go. Just signing off a little bit premature. It's probably the uh, one of many times that Hod's been a bit premature. I was, I was actually life. just going to ask. I don't know if he's still there, but I was going to ask Hod if if this is the week because you fucking hate Jake. Is this the week you just bring blokes off the taxi squad and try and knock him off to secure the bet? Oh, I'm still here, boys. Hey. Hey. Did he? That, hear is that? A, that is a very, very enticing proposition. Because I'm leaving a lot of lot of points on there. It's not a bad little taxi squad. And now you've got my mind. Yeah. <laughs> I might have a. I might use these slippery fingers on the sleeper app very shortly. There we go. Uh, All right, as gotcha. he signs off, probably yeah, the, the number one thing I think he's looking forward to is old Deshaun coming back. Uh, only a couple of weeks away. His team has a very different look about it when uh, Deshaun is then playing. Well, well, that's it. And the irony is. He's got clearly his three division games to finish off. Um, he's got a game against Jim and Camo to finish with Deshaun in the lineup. So can he be the spoiler going oh, forward for playoffs? He could shape him. Could I'm I'm going to go a bit of a crystal ball here. We uh, we might be doing a bit of overlooking a little bit of Kyle Pitts with Mariota overlook here where we're focusing on, you know, how bad maybe Amari Cooper with a poor quarterback is going to go, but we overlook the Kyle Pitts. Are we overlooking the fact that this guy, Deshaun, hasn't played football in almost two years and he's walking in week 13 to a team that has built chemistry? Uh, I'm assuming he he's only just returned to practice, so he's only going to have a couple of weeks of practice under his belt before actually starting. Is it going to be a bit of a Russell Wilson situation? Well, it's a, it's a bloody good point. He hasn't played for two years. You're right, and um, we're not. Look, we're not a we're not a gambling podcast. But what I would say is, is this not the Houston Texans grand final? Whenever they play ah. Cleveland, they will be. It's in Houston, right? Yep. They they will get a full crowd, and they will be Booing. insane. I, I I like Houston in that game. Yeah, absolutely. for those very reasons. Yeah, it'll, it'll be fascinating to watch. I think that he could struggle, and he has, he doesn't have many weeks to uh, shake the rust off, which is, I suppose, the... Uh, I mean, if, if Hod was competing, what is it? Two fantasy weeks that he has yeah. to actually start him. So it might not a make really, a huge difference, to be honest. Uh, maybe not, but it's also a really weird situation for him. Like, the teams, they're not going that well. They're not going to make playoffs. It's almost like, I don't know, it's going to be a, a weird motivation situation for Cleveland in general like it's a lost season and we bring in this guy um, what's the upside I suppose chemistry with receivers yeah running backs building for next year but I mean if he could just know. spend the remainder of the year just building some chemistry with his number one receiver I wouldn't mind that too much yeah. uh, but let's let's not talk about the losing team for this entire thing uh, the executioners did rip out a win here with an 83 but I'd say the biggest bright spot for him has to be scary Terry um had what was it 128 yards off 11 targets that's that's monstrous it's sort of back to where he was in the old Heineke just he loves to pepper his number one receiver and he throws it into triple coverage almost any chance he gets 
Yeah, you nailed it, mate. Heineke's the one. Um, talking about chemistry, I think they both uh, enjoy playing with each other. And, yep, he's uh, he's a very nice receiver to have once um, when Heineke's in the lineup. He's he's had an interesting phase, Scooter. Um, we know he's got a few uh, few picks coming up, well, quite a lot of picks, um, sort of three in the second round in, in the next couple of years. But, um, yeah, it's an interesting team. He's had some... some um, unlucky moments, sort of. And he's got players, I think, that are ready to go for next year. Like, mm-hmm. I look at Jamison Williams. I look at Trey McBride, who gets a bit of a boost this week. I look at maybe a James Cook, maybe an AJ Dillon. These kind of names that could... Even situation Garrett, works out. Garrett Wilson. Garrett Wilson, year two. The biggest query for me and um, is clearly the, the QB situation yeah. with him. He's got, you know, Andy Dalton, Teddy Bridgewater, Jameis Winston, Carson Wentz, Mitch Trubisky, Sam Howell. Seems like six sort of backup QBs at the moment without yep. a first-round pick, which um, makes it hard to address it. His best-case scenario is hoping that one of those turns into a bit of a Geno Smith story. Mm. Which can happen, clearly. Which, who out of those, just on a little sidebar, who of those has the best chance? Do you reckon Winston or Bridgewater? I was going to say maybe Teddy. Maybe Teddy. Um, and maybe Sam Howell. I don't know. It depends where yeah, Washington finish. Like, if, if Washington finish... Um, Without a top 10 pick, then maybe, you know, maybe it's still Heineke, but I, I think they want to get off Wentz pretty quickly. And maybe Wentz goes somewhere. I don't know. He's got, yeah, some things can happen in the right way for him, but at the moment, um, he's probably going to struggle without a genuine QB option. I think, I don't know, Wentz maybe did enough to warrant picking up a, a job somewhere who just needs a, a journeyman for one year. Mm. But he's bloody injury prone. It's ridiculous. Anyway, it's uh, it's going to be an interesting watch to see what Scoot does for that QB position because it does uh, yeah it looks looks to be a bit complicated and I think he'll just hope that something lands there. But enough about that. Let's let's finish off with the power ranking, shall we? That's the power of And the power rankings here. No wonder this bloke wanted to jump off the air because sitting at number 12, sure enough, it's been almost a mainstay all year. I think there was one week where he moved off here, and that's the Humdingers. They're uh, one and nine now on the season after 10 weeks and probably not looking to move off that spot anytime soon. The Executioners just jump into uh, the 11 spot there. They've moved down a couple of spots. Bit, bit stiff. Bit stiff. One after and, a one win. moved down two spots. Yeah, so four and six record. That uh, that doesn't matter to the league, apparently. He just sits there at number 11. Why don't, Keeney, you go the next couple. We'll just go two oh, yeah. for two. I mean, Papa will be happy about this. Number 12 for a lot of the year, but now number 10, Papa's punishes. He's put up a respectable sort of... Uh, 112, 115 sort of set up last week. Now up to number 10. The DFF, it was good hearing from him. It always is up to number nine. Um, and uh, I'll go with the next couple too. Why not? Um, Prestige Worldwide at number eight. That's got to be the lowest he's been ever, I reckon. Yeah, I reckon he's hovered a couple of times around that seven, eight spot. He's a bit of an interesting team. I think we touched on it earlier that you kind of just don't know what he's going to be doing. Maybe the acquisition of Cup uh, might just make people think that he's going more into a tank job now. Yeah, and I I mean he's been he's had some injuries with um with Darren Waller who's been frustrating for him no doubt over the last he's still, year and a half. I'll just quickly touch. He's 5 and 5. He's only one win off no. the uh the fourth seed spot. So yeah. 
And if yeah. he and if he's you know as we've said, he's got firepower. If Chase can come back, Josh Allen, Burrow, Higgins, he can score enough points. If he can string together a couple of one forties, you know, ETN. If he if he's he's ele- that's probably news we didn't touch on. He's elevated ETN last week yeah. after the podcast. Which is, <laughs> How's the irony? He's worst game of the um, season just about, wasn't it? But he's got enough firepower in his starting lineup to churn out a couple of one thirty one forties, which you know with he's trying to chase Timos Camo. Jim, he's every chance to to snare a six seed. Who knows? Um, and then if Cooper Cup comes back, who knows? So he's um, still in the mix for mine. The straight catch homies in at number seven, free falling from fourth to seventh last week. Um, a, a few injuries there related as well with Kyler Murray and Dallas got it. Yeah, he's still uh, probably the headlines there. Still six and four, but yeah, the injuries and the buys and everything are not helping his cause out an awful lot. Number six is the uh, Jim City Stallions who knocked them off. He's sitting at six and four as well, and it's those wins are, are pretty close. It's a tight field right there. Uh, he moves down a spot actually, Jim, but I think he'd still be pretty happy to be hovering around that top half of the power rankings. Number five spot, they're just moving on up and Here not only go. in spirits, but in the power rankings too, from number eight to number five, that is the San Diego Demons sitting at 500. Uh, I think this is the first time of the season that they've been at parity other than before the season started. So very excited, I think, and I have a feeling that he might continue to move up the power rankings if he continues this sort of run here. Uh, and the OJ's legal team, also another strong showing. Very stiff loss there, as we pointed out, but he is rounding off at number four spot there with a 6-4 and four record, and he's moved, uh, moved down from the number three spot last week. He has, and because of... Uh, he's moved down because of the Johnny Unitas haircuts, who uh, we mentioned last week. Again, it's good to good to know people are listening to the pod. He was criminally low at six last week. I couldn't work that out, but people have worked out the guy just keeps churning out one forties, um, and is a deserved number three in the power rankings. The Grouse sitting in at number two, eight and two on the year, and the ten and zero undefeated Park City Lions sitting at number one. Just quickly, Ben, um, I reckon the way I see it just quickly, is I think there's a bit of a tear teardrop going on. I think you clearly, at 10-0, you're clearly the number one seed. I think then the Grouse, Johnny Unitas, and the OJ's legal team, I think that's a, another tier where I think those three teams have proven that they're the, sort of the, the biggest challenges to yourself. And then I think San Diego Demons, Jim City Stallions, Straight Cash Homies, Prestige Worldwide are all fighting for that next tier. So it's heating up, as we've mentioned a couple of times, but... Uh, we're not far away. We're only, uh, what, four more weeks? And then we're we're into it. That's it. And there's a lot to play out in those four weeks. As, uh, you know, you could say that I'm in my own tier, but injuries, things can happen. Trades can happen. I mean, it, there's a lot to uh, go down before those playoffs start. So all you can do is just sort of get your team geared up, ready to go if you're in that part of the season and, and see what happens. But we'll finish really quickly with uh, just our game of the week. And probably the biggest matchup here, and there surely is no bias uh, because the only two blokes here talking happen to be covering the game where we're playing each other, and that's the grouse taking on the Park City Lions. It is the one seed versus the two seed, um, ten and zero versus eight and two. I haven't defeated you at all in this. If I win here, I sew up the number one seed. If you win, it's pushing you very close to uh, wrapping up a first round bye as well. So there's a lot on the line here. So 
Uh, how are you feeling about this matchup? Uh, yeah, look, I think you're probably favourite. Derek Henry started nicely with a um, with a big game last night, didn't he? He had um, twenty four burger, a lot of carry, twenty eight carries, even threw a touchdown, which was good to see. But um, he had a nice uh, nice outing. As you know, for, sort of my mentality is you never you never worry if good players play well. You just that's what happens. That's they're, they're supposed to play well and. Quite frankly, both teams have quite a lot of good players, so it should be should be high scoring. Um, we'll see how we go. They're often pretty close, aren't they, between me and you? So, could be a nice little taste of things to come. Um, but we'll see. As you said, a lot of a lot riding on it in terms of if you can if you can win, you're mathematically I think locked into a buy at the very worst. Yeah, I think so, it, one or two seeds. So, if I win, Jake can't catch me, and that's the only way yeah, I can correct. sort of miss out on the buy. So. Yeah, we'll be hoping that uh, things go my way. One, so I can have a, a clean sweep on the whole league, at least have a win on everyone, and so you don't uh, have the wood over me. But, yeah, it'd be nice to just lock the, up that that buy. Is, is there a part of you that, and maybe it's not this week, but is there a part of you that wants to have a little L before you go into playoffs? Or are you happy just going 14-0 and we'll see you in week two of the playoffs? Well, a lot of pressure. The fact that uh, my fantasy team has no bearing on how any of these real life players do in the real world, Please. I think, means fucking nothing. It's not like I'm the bombers of 2000 and I just need to sharpen myself up and not get too far ahead of myself. All I can do is start the lineup. So uh, I, I don't know about that. I mean, we've spoken about Dallas Goddard and the impact we had on him. We've spoken about uh, different different things. Our crystal ball is strong. I know. You've, um, for the last three weeks, been trying to talk my downfall into existence just by saying I'm, an, I'm a sure lock. So, no, I think uh, it's... Probably the ones to watch. Keenan Allen, your new acquisition. Devontae, his injury is going to be interesting. And Stafford's cleared from the concussion protocol. Um, you've put him back into the lineup there, but it's probably because you don't have many options outside of him other than Baker or uh, Mac Jones. Yeah, I've, I've probably got a few moving pieces this week, so I'm not quite sure what the team's going to look like at the moment, but there are a couple of options for me. It's Hollywood, Hollywood Brown. Brown yeah. Could be back off IR, I think. Um, so yeah, he could be a risky start, but we'll see how we go. Should be good. Should be good. And, uh, yeah, I suppose let's wrap this shit up, huh? What a, uh, what a pod. Two dial-ins, an early exit from one of our hosts, uh, everything happening there. So it's hard to think that, uh, we're, we're 10 weeks in going into week 11. There's a lot to play out. I think a lot of trades still to go down. I wouldn't be surprised if we're recapping a number of big trades that went down in the next seven days or so. Uh, and I feel like that's only going to continue to happen right up until the end of the regular season. Uh, spot on. And uh, just a reminder, the trade period deadline is the game before week 14. So just before the last week of the uh, the round, before that Thursday night game, that's when your last opportunity is to trade. I'll obviously mention that again before we get when we get closer to that date. But um, again... Enjoyed uh, enjoyed the pod, Ben. A couple of dial-ins, as you said. Thais with his head trimmer and and the DFF at the Dandenong Markets, if you don't mind. And next week, next week, will we have some guests on the podcast? My goodness, it's going to be exciting. Well, let's put it out there because we know they'll be listening right now. Jim, Camo, we need you available. You need to just clear up your schedules. We need the two of you on at the same time because we want to get the head-to-head thoughts of the two men that probably will... We'll have the biggest game of the year, let's be honest, outside of the I was, final. I was going to say, take finals away. Is it the biggest home and away game in EDL history? 
I think there's a case for it. There's absolutely a Keenum for it. Um, yeah, it's <laughs> it's going to be monstrous and we can't wait to have those two on. But uh, yeah, we'll, we'll wait and see how this week plays out and hopefully the narrative continues to build for those two teams just to make it even juicier. Love your work, Benjamin. Um, I won't do it justice, but Keencast over and out. <laughs> Fucking hell. <laughs>